Well, hello there, and good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Live Stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. My name is Melvin Gaines. Thanks for being here this morning. Today is Sunday, October the 17th, 2021, and it feels like October the 17th, 2021. Uh, nice and cool outside, brisk. Uh, let's go ahead and get started with some music provided by the praise team. Thank you, Arlen, who is watching now. Um, Noel Jones, Not About Us. We're going to go ahead and get started with that while we allow people to jump on with us. Thanks for being here this morning. Hey, Jasper, good morning. Clorinda, good morning. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Nate Marnell, good morning. It's interesting how Lynn can see names and I can't always see the same names. It's really interesting. Hey, Jackie, good morning. Thanks for being here. One thing that is constant is always the coffee. Coffee is always a constant. Have to have it. <clears throat> hey, Laura, good morning. Roscoe and Arella, good morning. You, that's right. <clears throat> hey, Angie, good morning. Finally settling down. Felt rushed this morning. One of those things. I think this is Noel Jones' big hit. Yeah. Just a guess. Came up in all the searches that way anyway, so I don't know. <laughs> Amen. Okay, Jackie, have a wonderful day. Take care of yourself. Big props to you. Hey, Ronnie, good morning. Hang in there if you got connectivity issues.
Amen. Amen. <clears throat> hey, Bev, how you doing? much. I'm awake. <laughs> I am awake right now. Um, my wife gave the salute, and whenever she gives a salute, I give a salute too. So um, the, um, that was uh, Noel Jones. Noel Jones, uh, not about us. Very, very peppy song, way to get us started this morning. And um, today is one of those days we kind of need that because it's a great day to <laughs> roll over and sleep in if you're not careful. Um, very, very, uh, it's not bad outside. It's just a little bit cooler. It's been raining off and on. And for that reason, of course, you just kind of figure out we're going to be inside church today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't think there's any question about that. We won't be outside. We will be inside for sure. Um, and church will be uh, fantastic as usual. Just to keep in mind, uh, as we re- go back into the building, there will be the usual temperature checks, the usual um, request for you to uh, wear a mask, especially if you're uncomfortable without one. We are practicing social distancing with our seating, um, but all in all, we uh, expect to have a great time today in church today. Uh, I'm going to ask, uh, uh, since Pastor Gus is out of town and he is uh, tending to business out of town, very important business, um, and I do want to make sure that I take the time to pay respects uh, to uh, Vic and Liz and the family. Um, that's the reason why he's down there. There's going to be a funeral tomorrow for Vic's mom. And we, we do want to make sure that we um, pay respects here and uh, share our condolences. We, um, uh, she's a very sweet lady. We just want to make sure that we uh, uh, pass it on right now. We do ask also that you, if you are not coming to church today, if you're going to be online with us today, we will have a message following Sunday school on the timeline. Run to Jesus as you run for Jesus will be the message for today. It's going to be on the timeline uh, following Sunday school. It will be uploaded officially about 945, but it will be there just in time for right after Sunday school. Stay in the timeline here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page, and you will find it. And we do also ask that you remember your tithes and offerings. Please remember to take care of that. We, <clears throat> I try to make make sure I mention that every week, only because we, because church is a little bit different than normal. We we want to make sure that everyone is remembering uh, that we're still running the facility there, still running the building. And Charles and Joanna, thanks for being here. Appreciate you very much. Um, the if you're mailing your uh, tithes and offerings, we ask that you mail it to Akron Alliance Fellowship, six eight eight. Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio, four four three two zero, and that takes care of that business. And we, I believe, we've covered everything we need to. We've got a passage here in the first part of uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter ten. We're going to cover. In the interest of time, and I made a um, an executive decision pretty much uh, about twenty minutes before we started to cover just the first ten verses of Hebrews, chapter ten, not the whole chapter, or not the whole first part of the chapter. 
the first 10 verses, Hebrew chap, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. And it's a great reading, and it's just a reminder, again, once again, just as we look at the book of Hebrews, and this is the first time I've done a study of the book of Hebrews um, ever. Um, Vic Eves, good morning. Hi. Good morning. Thanks for being here. God bless you. And uh, uh, Vic and Liz, thank you. Uh, thanks for mentioning that. We, um, we're covering the book of Hebrews where we're talking about the new covenant being greater than the old covenant. And again, it's a teaching that is taking place for the Hebrew Christian audience to learn more about who Jesus is. And this, this is almost as like it's taking on, as I mentioned before, a reinforcement of what the Hebrews already knew uh, when it came to their old covenant, the old law. And now it's moving and, and moving over into learning more about who Jesus is, who was the new covenant. And this is uh, something that I think is a necessary teaching and reinforcement for us because we need to understand the magnitude as to what Jesus Christ has done for us and what he did to show us before he even came about the importance of having, uh, taking the time to recognize how much we have fallen into sin and what we need to do to resolve that sin. Thankfully, it's as simple as acknowledging Jesus Christ and asking for forgiveness. But in the old system, there were a lot of things that had to take place and there was a lot of repetition so what we will do now is to look at this a little bit with a little bit more detail, look at this old system and what it means now about what Jesus Christ said and what he has been saying, and what the lesson is here for all of us and to reinforce us. This is actually a great book to go through uh, if you're a relatively new believer as well, too, because we, we know that if a lot of things are thrown at you very quickly, you might not pick up things very well, but there's actually an excellent explanation of the old system in Hebrews. It's, it actually takes a really good amount of time and it compresses everything for us very nicely here for greater understanding and to allow us to make the comparison to being uh, part of the old system and what it means to be in the new system, which is the new covenant. So with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and pray and get started. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to be able to study your word, look at your word, recognize your very presence right now. We pray and thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our lives to protect us and keep us, but we also thank you for your teaching. We thank you for greater understanding. We thank you for those moments when, Lord, when we hear something and see something in your word that the light bulb goes off in the head and we recognize it for what it truly means for us. We thank you for your presence once again. Lord, we ask that you bless this group right now. Um, and we also bless, uh, pray and ask that you bless um, the Eves family as well, too, at this time. And give them comfort. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 1 through 10 today. Hebrews 10, verses 1 through 10. And, um, of course, it, the flow of this passage is, is going to be just fine when we, if we, when we continue it next week for the rest of uh, the portions of uh, the verses that I'm not covering today. But, ultimately, we want to look at what it says here and look at uh, a very direct quote 
that Jesus Christ is making through the psalmist. And we'll cover that a little bit more later here today as well, too. Starting with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, this is the New Living Translation. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Verse 2. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped, for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. Verse 3. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. That's very true. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Verse 5. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, Look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. Verse 8. First Christ said, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they are required by the law of Moses. Verse 9. Then he said, Look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Okay. That is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. And I want to make sure that we go through this and very deliberately to make sure that we understand all of a sudden Jesus Christ is being given a reference as a quote here. And that's something that's very important for us to understand as well, too. Okay, so let's go back to the top. Hebrews 10, verse, we, we read verse 1 and verse 2 because that gives an explanation. But let's read those again because it's important for us to look at these and explain exactly what's happening here. Verse 1, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. So we understand the scripture is telling us very directly, very implicitly, that the old system was just a prelude. It was just the beginning of things that would happen in the future. If, if the entire Bible is talking about Jesus, then clearly there has to be something that sets up for the emergence of Jesus Christ and what he, what he would represent for us when it came to uh, being an eternal sacrifice. Repeated again year, again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. And then verse 2, if they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. Okay, now verse 3. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. That's an interesting point. When we look at verse 3, the sacrifices reminded the people who are participating in these, well, let's call them rituals because essentially that's what they are, even though that was something that was put in, in, in place by Moses through um, the, the, the Old Covenant, that these things had to be done. 
Um, this is referring to the Day of Atonement. When people gathered for the Day of Atonement for sacrifices, they were being reminded of their sins. And that's exactly why I think God allowed for this and had this set up in this manner. He wanted us to be reminded exactly of who we were. Um, and, and we get that impression based upon the constant back and forth that took place between God the Father and the, the people, the, the Jewish people, the people, uh, the Israelites. There was a constant back and forth going on. And if you're thinking anything about your sins, it, it also means that you're thinking about how guilty you are. The guilt involved with what you were taking, taking part in when it came to sin. And what they wanted and needed from these rituals and from these sacrifices, they wanted the, to experience God's forgiveness. They wanted to experience the atonement for those sins that had taken place and God taking care of that. But what they really wanted and what they really needed, and they didn't know that at the time, but we certainly do, was that we now we want to make sure that we have complete understanding that what Jesus Christ does for us is he atones for our sin. He forgives our sin um, for all time. But we still have to have the heart of repentance to go to him and recognize that and recognize that he is the one who indeed forgives us. When we confess sin to to Jesus Christ, we don't need to think about it anymore. We don't need to go back and lament over it. We don't need to be reminded of it over and over again. He truly does want us to forget that sin. He does not want us to do anything less, however, than recognize that he wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to hide the word in your heart so that you don't sin against him. That's what he wants. And so we need to understand that Christ has forgiven us when we take that sin to him, and it doesn't exist anymore. And that's a big praise, isn't it? We don't have to worry about going back over again saying, well, did, did Jesus, you know, did he hear what I was saying? Did he recognize this particular sin? Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't think that's exactly what he did at all. I think he wanted to make sure that we understood that we are forgiven for all time. Take a look with me, please, at 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John 1, 9. Jesus wants us to not carry guilt. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this particular section. He does not want us to be feel any guilt once we have taken our sins to him and asked for forgiveness. He doesn't want us to recognize this as a, an issue of being guilty. He wants us to certainly uh, not repeat the sin, but guilt should not be part of it. So let's look at what it says here in 1 John 1, 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, this is what is necessary for us to see here. He is taking care of our sin right then and there. If we ask for forgiveness, he is going to forgive us. Now, if you start putting standards in place that question how Jesus does what he does, you're only going to trip yourself up. You're only going to make yourself get more confused about what's going on. And that's what you shouldn't be doing. You should always just recognize if Jesus says he forgives you, he says he forgives you. Now let's move on. Um, I think that the reason why I'm mentioning this is just coming to mind. We, we may have messed up really bad. We may have done something we shouldn't have done. But, and we recognize that, but we ask for Jesus to forgive us. 
But once he does that forgiveness thing, he doesn't want us to wallow in it. He wants us to take, pick ourselves up and move ourselves forward. Because we already know that we are fleshly, we are already subject to sin, we can sin, we readily sin. Uh, these are things that we do all the time. And so he already knows that about us. He knows exactly who we are. So we just need to take the, that, those sins and say, let's not remember them now. Let's move forward. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. Uh, and, you know, other versions will say all cleanse us from all unrighteousness because he makes us righteous. Our fellowship with him makes us righteous because he says that's what he's doing for us. So that's what we need to keep in mind as we look at these. Don't carry guilt. Do you carry guilt? Um, I've heard people in the past say, I'm, my name is so-and-so and I'm a sinner. Well, okay. Yes, that is true. We are all sinners. We recognize those things readily because that's what we, that's what we do. We do it all the time. And I'm not trying to be flippant about it. We, we recognize that this is something that we do on a regular basis. All the more reason for us to maintain a relationship with Jesus Christ in all things that we're doing, in our quietness, in our busyness, all those things that we're doing, and recognize that he is the one who makes us righteous because we ask for forgiveness of sin. We recognize him as our Lord and Savior. We need a Savior. We need him to be our Lord. We need him to guide us through his word, through his teaching. I read something the other day that was very important for us to recognize too. We sometimes make a big deal as to how well we hear God speak to us. And I had to I read something that kind of made me think a little bit more closely because sometimes we don't always hear God speak to us, but what we need to recognize and understand is that being in God's word is so important because that is God speaking to us through his word. He's he speaks to us on a regular basis as we do our regular daily devotions, as we read scripture as we look at the passages, as we look at, for example, what we just read in 1 John 1, 9. It's a reminder to all of us that we, he is gracious. He's forgiving us of our sin. He is taking care of those things. And that's exactly what we should be looking at here. He does speak to us through his word. Um, I haven't taken a poll, and I'm not, I don't plan to necessarily, but you know, some people say, I hear God's voice. I hear people, speak, you know, him speak to me. And that very well could be through the power of the Holy Spirit. He could be speaking, but for those who aren't sure, the first thing that you need to be doing is just be in his word. Stay in his word because that is the living, written word for us to hear how Jesus wants us to behave, how he wants us to act. It's a very general comment that he wants us to recognize and acknowledge that we do make mistakes, that we do sin. And make mistakes is a very soft way of saying sinning, isn't it? But we sin. And so we, if we recognize that and acknowledge that and take those sins to him, he's going to forgive us of those sins. He's speaking directly to us. That's what we need to see here. Okay. Let's drop down to verse 4. Um, well, let's read verse 3 again, just leading to verse 4, because that's going to help us for the context. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Now, interesting, not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That's a direct statement. Animal sacrifices 
and and we we probably need to make sure we ha- understand this whole ritual that took place under the old covenant. Animal sacrifices on their own could not take away sins. Period. They only provided a temporary way to deal with sin at that moment, at that time, a temporary way to deal with sin until Jesus came to deal with sin permanently. And that's very, very interesting. It's acknowledging that this ritual was showing people this is what we needed to do to recognize. First of all, what God was doing was he was recognizing or testing our obedience to his word. He wanted to see how obedient his people could be to him when he set forth this whole thing through through Moses. But I guess the question comes up then, well, how then were people forgiven in Old Testament times? It's a good question. If the animal sacrifices did not atone for, the blood animal sacrifices did not atone for sin, we have to go back to look at what they were being obedient to God's command to offer the sacrifices. And when he, when he, he forgave them, when they were obedient in the proper handling of those sacrifices, they, the forgiveness took place from God at that point. But it wasn't permanent. It was temporary. It had to do with whatever the sins were at that time or at the moment. Remember, the high priest could only go the, the high priest could only go into the inner room once a year. That was the day of atonement. And so once a year had to be this whole thing about what happened over the past year that God had to forgive when it came to sin for the entire nation of Israel. But so he took care of that because they were being obedient. Remember it was very important at that time, all the emphasis that took place about the people being obedient to God's command about how to go about the sacrifice. They couldn't do it just any old way. Remember, they had to do it unspotted, unspotted animals, firstborn, whatever it was. They had to follow a very specific way that God had done it. And through their obedience, God forgave them of sin. Through their obedience, their compliance. But we recognize that all of that that had taken place at that time was merely looking forward to uh, God's uh, perfect sacrifice in Jesus Christ. Christ being the one. Christ's way. It was superior to the Old Testament because the old way only pointed to what Christ would do to take away sins. It was just a point uh, point being made. Now, you know, back then, the, the Israelites didn't really have any idea what that was and didn't really understand that, but they knew it was important, especially though for those who were being devout followers of the Lord, to be obedient to God. Stay in tune with the Lord. He wasn't having them do it for the sake of just an exercise. He was having them do it because he wanted to see how people were truly being devoted to him and being obedient to him. But it was still all paving the way for that perfect sacrifice that came in the future in Jesus Christ. So I hope we can see that. I think that's what the, uh, I believe that's what God was trying to do just to set the tone for all of us as we look at how Jesus made all of it permanent when he died on the cross for us. He was the one who shed blood. Shedding blood was necessary, remember? Shedding blood was necessary on the cross. Um, and that was something that was the perfect sacrifice that was put in place. And we're going to see this more later as we get into the passage. So let's continue. Verse 5. Go back to Hebrews 10, verse 5. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. Ooh. 
given me a body to offer. Verse 6, you were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings of sin. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as written as is written about me in the scriptures. Okay, now I want to, first of all, where is this coming from where it's like automatically putting into place what Jesus Christ is saying in communication to the Lord? Um, let's go and see if we can find this. Go to Psalm chapter 40. Psalm chapter 40. Now we want to understand something here. One thing is really important for us to see here about Scripture. All Scripture is God-breathed and inspired by the Word of God, inspired by God, and given to people to write and record. That's exactly what this is. This is what the psalmist did here. Um, did he know what he was writing? Maybe. Maybe not. That's the other beauty of this thing, too. But look at what it says in Psalm chapter 40, verse 6. Psalm 40, verse 6. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand you don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Look at verse 7. Then I said, look, I have come as is written about me in the scriptures. Verse 8. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. That is just so interesting. It just kind of pops up in the middle of nowhere in this passage. And this is communication that is to be understood when we go back to Hebrews and look at this. That is referring directly to this communication between Jesus and God the Father. Because it's saying you don't take any delight in these sacrifices or offerings. It was part of what was necessary for people to show their obedience to God in order to pave the way for God to forgive them. But now Jesus is, is relaying here, verse 7 again in Psalm 40, Look, I have come as is written about me in the scriptures. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Jesus was being obedient to the Father. He said it a couple of different times in the passage. He was being obe remained obedient to the Father. He was doing exactly what the Father wanted him to do when he became this eternal sacrifice for us. The giving of his own body. Go back to Hebrews 10.5. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings. It's just taking the language right out of Psalm chapter 40 here and saying, but you have given me a body to offer. Remember, Jesus took on a body, took on being a person for the purpose of being the sacrifice for us. He's the body that's being referred to here. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings of sin. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as is written about me in the scriptures. What a powerful statement this is. The, it's not this quotation that we read in Hebrews is not in any other New Testament book. It's only here. You can't find it anywhere else. It's inspiration that was put forth here for us to see. And there's more to come here, by the way, in the rest of uh, this section that we're reading. But we want to recognize that it's a teaching in the Old Testament that God wanted obedience. 
the most important thing God asked for from the Israelites was obedience. And that means obedience in totality, all the way across the board, in all ways of life, in all ways of living. And when it came to the tabernacle and all the things that went with that, obedience was the factor. The priests were the ones in charge. They were the ones administering the sacrifices. But he was telling the people, I want to see your obedience to me. As long as you're obedient to me, you're going to be blessed. As if Once you disobey or disregard the word of the law, you're going to be cursed. That's exactly what God was saying throughout the Old Testament. He was saying that over and over again. This is nothing new or strange for us. He had this way of behaving and telling us what, what he regarded as most important to those people who were following him according to the Old Testament. Um, and that's what we needed to see here. But now we recognize that this communication between God and Jesus here, God the Father and Jesus, and the understanding that Jesus knew exactly what he was here to do, to be the eternal sacrifice, Christ came to offer his body on the cross for us as a sacrifice that is completely acceptable to God. Why is it completely acceptable to God? Because Jesus was being obedient to God. That's exactly why. Completely acceptable because God had wanted Jesus to do this. He is the one who is our eternal sacrifice. It's completely acceptable. That's why you sometimes hear the words good and acceptable. Acceptable is something where it may be good, but we want to add that word acceptable because that means it's deemed to be righteous by God the Father. Good and acceptable. That's what we need to recognize here. God's new and living way for us to please him is not by keeping laws, which is what the old covenant was all about, or um, for, if in fact, for abstaining or even by abstaining from sin. He wants us to certainly do that, but ultimately the sacrifice has to do with faith, has to do with recognizing Jesus Christ as Lord and living in such a way that we're following Jesus with loving obedience. And when we do those things, he will, in fact, strengthen us, encourage us through the power of the Spirit to even give us greater tools to avoid sin. This Holy Spirit that indwells within us when we acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord is what really helps us to help fight this sin off. We have to understand that that is exactly what the plan was all along, and that's what was taking place here. The costly sacrifice of an animal's life impressed upon the sinner the seriousness of his or her own sin before God. Remember what happened when Adam and Eve sinned. They had to be covered up. Well, how were they covered up? There had to be an animal sacrifice to take care of that. They were covered by the skins of other animal, another animal that had to be sacrificed. And, but that was a serious issue that had to be done. It had to take place. God had determined that they had, could no longer walk about without any clothing, without anything whatsoever on, so they, they had to do that. So that's how serious this whole thing was. And God wanted to make sure that the people in the Old Testament took this whole thing seriously. Took it seriously. What happened when they didn't take it seriously? What happened when they were flippant about it? Uh, what happened to Eli's sons? Uh, when they took this whole thing not very seriously. They were struck dead. It, it was just a matter of, the, of time that basically it was determined that their hearts were so wicked, God said they're, they're not going to live much longer because we're going to take care of this because they are profaning the name of God. They are not following and being obedient to him. And that was what took place. It was because they were disobedient, everyone. Disobedience. 
is the reason why a lot of things happened in the Old Testament. We weren't being faithful. We weren't trusting in God's word. And that's what happens when we fail to remain obedient too. We wind up transgressing against God. Um, but remember, we, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Remember in the Old Testament, people were stoned to death because of adultery. Well, we don't have to be stoned to death today because of that. It doesn't mean that the sin is any less egregious. But we're talking about a whole new covenant, a whole new way of doing things that we can still be redeemed under the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to recognize here. So there's clearly a difference between Old Testament law and the New Testament that Jesus Christ brings forth. We need to recognize that Jesus Christ's sacrifice is infinitely greater than any Old Testament offering. There's no comparison. Nothing comes close to it. Considering the immeasurable gift that Jesus Christ gave to us, we should respond by giving him our devotion and service. And we'll talk about that even later on in the, in the message today. That's really important for us to see here. Okay, let's look at verse 8, back to Hebrews 10.8. Kind of on the home stretch here. Hebrews 10.8, first, Christ said, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they are required by the law of Moses. So remember, we're making that statement once again. You did not want those animal sacrifices or burnt offerings, but yet they were put in place for a purpose. They were put in place for a purpose. Do you think that God wanted to necessarily, when Adam and Eve sinned, sacrifice an animal and the skin to have them covered? Of course not. It's not what he wanted. Remember, God's will is for every one, one of us to be saved. That's his will. Does that mean that that's going to happen in that way, in that manner? And the answer is no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that that still isn't his will. It still is what he wants and wants desires for us. But sometimes things happen because of us, where we do things that are outside of his will. Or we do things that are outside of what he would like for us to do. Verse 9, then he said, look, I have come to do your will. That's Jesus. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. Jesus Christ is the cancellation of the first covenant and putting in place of the, the new covenant, the second covenant, the covenant that we follow. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Amen and amen. Once and for all time. That's what we have to see here. Canceling the first covenant in order to put in effect a far better one meant doing away from the system of sacrifices contained in the ceremonial law. Now, that's what, it, that's what took place here. The new covenant takes care of and eliminates the need for the old one. And, of course, the new covenant is better anyway. So that's what's necessary here for, see, for us to see here. It still doesn't change what God requires of his people obedience obedience is still a requirement remember what uh, Samuel told um, I'll think of his name the the other king Saul Saul Samuel said, it's better to be obedient than to sacrifice and remember what was Saul's problem King Saul's problem he wasn't obedient he didn't do things exactly the way God had requested and that's why Saul lost his kingship it was stripped from him 
because he failed to be obedient. He thought he was, he was only being partially obedient. See, that's one thing we have to understand some about what's happening here, too. Being partially obedient is still being disobedient. Get that? Partial obedience is still being disobedient. If God gives you a complete instruction on something and you're not doing what he asks you to do, you're still being disobedient. You're still not following through. And that's why Samuel told Saul, obedience is always better than sacrifice. And so that's what we need to recognize here, too, that the ceremonial law that prepared people for Christ's coming was taking place. It didn't eliminate God's moral law. We still have the Ten Commandments, everybody. We still have to follow those things. We still have to recognize that that law that was given to Moses uh, by God is still in effect. The Ten Commandments still count for something. That wasn't wiped out. We're talking about the ceremonial aspect of it. We're talking about the sacrifices, the animal sacrifices, the blood sacrifices, all those things that were taking place. The the gifts to the altar, all those things, no longer necessary. Only Jesus Christ is necessary. So it only prepared, all of those things only prepared for Jesus Christ's coming. I can't speak it enough. All 66 books of the Bible refer directly to Jesus Christ in some way, shape, or form. We have to, we can look closely at them. And we can, if we challenge ourselves to do that, we can find and see that. Jesus Christ, the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, the beginning and the end, the one who is who, that we look to, who is going to be our, who is our Lord and Savior, and if he if he's not your Lord and Savior, I just I kind of made a, a slip there, but if you don't recognize Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you need to. That's what this is all about. He is your Lord and Savior. He has taken care of the need to have any ritual ceremonies. The old system was no longer needed. Through Christ, we can fulfill the moral law. As we let him live within us. The Ten Commandments are still in effect. The Ten Commandments are still present. We can live for Christ. We listen to the Spirit speak to us. We look at what the Word says as we read it. And we recognize that Jesus Christ is indeed the Alpha and the Omega. He is the one who takes care of us. He was being obedient to the Father. And because of that, he was uh, given the seat at the right hand of God. He is the one who is we look to for all salvation for life itself, he is the one that we are very gracious uh, because of what he's done for us. He was there in the beginning, and he will be there with us when we have fellowship with him uh, when we leave here. We are thankful that he's prepared a place for us. Amen? But Very grateful. Very grateful. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to look to your word. We thank you for just reinforcing your goodness, how you have told a story all throughout the Old Testament about the need for each one of us to have a Savior. And we thank you for that teaching. We thank you for the lessons that come from that. We thank you even for those priests who remained obedient to you and did exactly what you said to do. Because of their obedience, those sins of the people there were being forgiven. And we thank you for that too. But it's all about the heart of the individual as well too to recognize, Lord, we need to be forgiven. We need your forgiveness. We repent of our sins and turn our lives over to you, that we remain obedient to you. And we are thankful that because we turn to you and ask for forgiveness, you are faithful and just in doing so. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing and that you continue to do. 
Bless us and keep us, O Lord, and we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, everyone, thanks for being here today. I wanted to keep it to about 45 minutes because we've got uh, church to get to. We will be down there. <laughs> Hold a place for me. <laughs> we'll be down there uh, a little bit later this morning for the service. But in the meantime, uh, let's keep in mind and keep praying uh, again for the Ease family because the service is tomorrow, and we want you to just keep that, hold that family up right to the Lord and let him take care of the rest. And, and uh, God bless you all for your prayers and your support and just staying prayerful. We really appreciate you for doing that. Take care of yourselves, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time.